Hi, I'm Sherry Fella, the founder of Bloombase. And I'm Allison Lochran, partner at Bloombase. Welcome to the Power 2 podcast. On this podcast, we explore power from a feminine perspective, how it shows up in and with people from diverse experiences. We want to explore how, when, and why humans feel powerful, and when they don't, how to get there. Power 2 is personal power, the ability to choose our own states and behaviors. Our intent with this conversation isn't just to have an intriguing conversation. Our intent is to have an impactful one, one that opens up possibilities and may even change behaviors. Welcome to Power 2. Before we get into our podcast today, just a quick editor's note, if you will, to our audience and that. Melissa and I recorded this podcast, as you'll hear, on my birthday, September 18th, and it was earlier in the day, and so we did not yet know of the great loss of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So had we known that, it would not have been such a jovial conversation. So we just wanted to make sure that we noted that on this podcast. We'll have more to say about it in future podcasts. She was an important role model for us and for our country. And she'll deserve a spotlight coming up soon. Allison, here we are. It's a little surreal, isn't it? It is. It is. Back in the studio, back just out of our house in general. I know. And today, we're wearing masks, but we still have bubbles. Yes. We're not quitters. Things have changed, <laughs> but some things have not. <laughs> some things have stayed exactly the same. Uh, I was excited to get back here today, though. Yeah, I agree. I was, too. I was really looking forward to this. I feel like this has been bubbling up in our heads, being back in the studio and talking about the things that matter to us. And to actually be doing it is really exciting. It is exciting. I was looking. Is, it, is this right? The last time we were here was actually before the end of the year. I thought you were going to say days before <laughs> yeah, the end the of days. Times, in the before times. So, I mean, we released podcasts after that, but it's been a while. And then we were ready to ramp up again, and then the whole world changed. Exactly. Exactly. We actually have a couple podcasts in the hopper that we didn't release from that time because it was so starkly, such a stark contrast to what actually started happening in the world. It was just, it would have felt a little tone deaf, I think. So someday we'll get back to those. Totally. Yeah, today, even as I was telling you and and Kent that I I just, I feel my anxiety even now, you know, things have changed so much. So it feels good to have some normalcy. Is it, does it feel like normalcy? Well, being here with you (laughs) a little bit, right? Some of this is normal. Um, But no, this is probably the most abnormal day I've had since this all started, in that I'm out and about. Mm -hmm. I've left my house. The girl has left her bubble. Yeah. And still being safe. We're masked up in the studio, of course, things like that. But it feels, it's unnerving. Mm -hmm. It's kind of unnerving because everything's, all the senses I'm feeling are just, it's a lot. So... It's also good. I'm glad it's a beautiful day outside. Mm-hmm. It's my birthday. Right? Happy birthday, Sherry woo-hoo, fella. Woo-hoo. What a great thing to do on your birthday. I know. That's one of the reasons. I'm so glad we were doing it today. It feels right. It feels right for that reason. Mm-hmm. 52. Let's start moving through this. Like, you know, I keep hearing people say, we need to move on. We need to move forward. I'm like, ah. I don't know if there is a moving on. There's kind of a moving through for me, maybe. Through. That, yeah. That's the word I keep thinking of. Yeah, because there's no going back. I mean, so anyway, it's exciting to be here today. We have a lot of ideas and enthusiasm for Power 2 coming up. I'm really pumped about our schedule and our guests coming up. Yes. And I have really appreciated people that have reached out to us that have said, hey, what happened to your podcast? <laughs> Which has been awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I feel even better about being here that something was resonating with people and we can continue on and still have some impact. I think that's going to be really fun to explore today. So today I just, um, I'm excited that we, we didn't exchange questions or anything. We just wanted to kick things off and in, in true Bloom Base power to fashion without mm-hmm. a real agenda, but just see kind of where we both are right now as we reintegrate. 
And to your point, people asking us about the podcast and what has been happening. What do we see coming ahead? Why are we excited? You know, we learned a lot last year doing yes. this. We knew this was an experiment. Learned a ton thanks to Kent and his expertise. And yeah, and where do we go from here? So I think we should dive in. Let's do what feels like a good place to start. Well, I just mentioned we learned a lot. So maybe we'll start there. What ha- What did you learn last year? What And let me frame what that is. Like from now... Looking back to January. So in these past nine months, let's just stay right there. What is your biggest takeaway, learning? Like, where are you in all this right now? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It does. That's a pretty easy question for me to answer because I feel like I've had this conversation with a lot of people as we've moved through this, through this strange, strange time. And that is that there were so many things in my life that I thought were things that I had control of that actually were just really deep-seated patterns that I was I was in mm-hmm. and that I had a lot of things that I thought were true and the way things had to be that were just absolutely blown up like with a hand grenade through all of this. One of the women from our um, AWL experience said it on a conference call during like the crux of the COVID quarantine. And that was, what other limiting beliefs besides the fact like that they were dealing with working from home, which their company had said we would never send people to work from home. What other limiting beliefs do we have that we could let go of now? And that hit me like a lightning bolt. I was like, there's so many things that I thought were true about myself and what I was capable of. And it was sort of all blown out of the water which I thought was a great gift. It's like, what else don't I know that I'm capable of? It really opened up possibility, as we talk about all the time on this podcast, even more possibility that I had imagined that I was capable of. Isn't that interesting? Like, right when it seems like all the possibility got taken away, now, here it is from a different view. Right, right. Interesting. That's such a good point that probably at the time, it felt like I'm so limited, I'm so stuck, but it was also, wow, I can I can keep moving through this. What else am I capable of? Right. I can shift everything I wanted to do on a dime. What else can I do? I love that. So I wanted to ask you, you had mentioned in a discussion we were having on one of the podcasts last year, how you were moving through this notion of this, this language I loved, which was about you othering yourself, comparing yourself to others. And while it's my birthday today— you hit a milestone birthday yes, this year. I did. And I just wondered how you were holding all that. Big milestone, really, you know, about you. Where's othering showing up in this pandemic or not? Like, I just wondered where you were with all that. Oh, I really love this question. And the first thing that springs to mind, so for anyone listening who does not know, I turned 50 this year. Woo-hoo. And I am just more fabulous than I ever imagined I would be at this age. I can say that absolutely, certainly. I've never felt so comfortable in my skin and so much like the me I'm meant to be. Which, if you had told me I couldn't celebrate my birthday in the way I wanted to 10 months ago, I would have been very upset that that was going to be such a defining moment that I couldn't have. And of course, it didn't turn out to be. So saying that, you know, I have to say, I think that probably what what comes up for me as you say that is that the pandemic and everything that came after that and quarantining and how my friends came together and how we tried to stay connected and keep connections strong, friends, family, work, how we tried to keep moving through that, it actually made me feel less alone, less outside of things that I, everyone immediately in my life that I've, you know, gathered around me that I love and that love me, like we all were, there was all so much similarity and so much, how do we do this? How do we get through it? How do we use each other? How do we harness the support that we've grown over 40 years of friendship to keep each other moving? It was such a coming together in that sense and that we were all passing through similar things. Mm-hmm. Um, we were all all passing through loss and confusion 
over different things in different ways, but it was so uniting. Like, we're going to do this. We're going to come out of this. We're going to get through it. We're going to get through it stronger. We're going to just all those things. It felt much more unifying, even though we were isolated. Mm-hmm. That was something that helped me understand that what I thought made me different or outside, even when it came to my friends, like being an entrepreneur, like, oh, they won't understand. Well, you know, we were all really going through a lot of the same things just from a different context. Very interesting. Because I even thought of you, like, from the extrovert perspective, right? We've talked a lot about this, and for your 50th in particular, you last year at this time, you had a very different plan for how that was going to emerge, <laughs> as did the entire world yes. about what they thought was going to unfold. And how you shifted through that and actually ended up with something that was much more you mm-hmm. because of all the constraints in the world. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Absolutely. It's interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. I loved your birthday, so thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were a big part of it, so you made it made it what it was and brought a lot of the fun to it. So how would you answer that question? The, about, the learning question? Yes, about what you've learned through this. So I would just like to say I have learned that I am definitely an introvert, <laughs> and no one is surprised by that. And I'm like, and in other news, the sky is blue and the grass is green. Um, but I think what I've learned is that, you know, even with that, I need I need connection. It's how I learn. It's so it's been interesting. Like there are many parts of this that I have actually loved because I've had more time and space to do the things I want to do, which is introspection, reading, you know. Being in my house for a change, that's all been, I've really tried to be grateful for that. And I think it's more of a confirmation of things I felt confident in, but now I just kind of know. So maybe that's it. It's more of a deeper sense of knowing, which is, I think all of this experience we're all in is just the slow walk home to our truest selves. Mm-hmm. You know, so when all the busyness gets stripped away, you know, you and your friends had their experience of that. But we've heard from so many friends and clients that when all the busyness got stripped away and you're just at home with yourself, for me, or your family, if you mm-hmm. have one, it's this magnifying lens of presence. Like what's really right in front of you, right? What's, and then that brings up all kinds of things. Well, we'll what's really important, or what do I really need, or what do I really want? So to me, it was just this awesome amplifier of presence. And some days, that was awesome, and other days, it's like, where are my people? (laughs) Where are my people? Why can't I hug anybody? (laughs) Oh, my gosh, that's such a great, that's such a great image of that full force of your own presence and what that really means. I love that idea. Makes a lot of sense. Because even like, you know, how we joke with our team, like at 8 a.m., we're like, awesome, team, go. See you at noon to change the plan. Like you couldn't, even if you (laughs) wanted to, you couldn't get very, it wasn't even smarter productive to get far ahead of yourself, right? Exactly. Still isn't. Exactly. In many ways, things are still very. Right. At least now we can sort of sometimes get to Friday (laughs) without having to completely change everything. (laughs) can say on Monday, hey, Friday, I look different. (laughs) And in a lot of ways, I think that while it created its own stresses, I think it also took away a lot of the artificial ones, kind of like what you were saying about limiting beliefs and control. Those are also limiting beliefs, right, about what we have to do, all the shoulds. Like to every every mom and dad out there now who has little kids at home, Mm -hmm. I hope you were giving should the middle finger because it's (laughs) like you're just trying to get through the day. You know, so I think that was part of that learning too is, man, it just really strips away Everything except your essentials. So, so true. It's interesting. So true. Um, and then the other question that came to mind for me was, what do you yearn for? You know, I I act like I had to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, I thought this would, would be like. Yeah. I, I actually was sitting here yearning as, I, <laughs> as you said that because what immediately springs to mind is travel. Oh. And I've been unpacking that a lot. Because it it used to feel like a hobby to me. And it's absolutely the thing that I still probably on the daily think about missing, talk about missing, that's still impacting me. As I thought through that a little bit, it's really not as much about escape or 
you know, fun. It's really a way that I reconnect with myself and how I move through the world. Because when I'm put in places where I don't know my way around or I don't know the restaurant I want to go to, it causes me to get very, to learn and to grow and to, and to have confidence in myself, my ability to get myself from day to day that feels like I'm coasting in my real life, but it really jars me out of that. And not just the learning of, you know, what is the best restaurant to go to, but how to get myself from moment to moment in a new place without all of my stuff around me, physical and mental. I love that. I love that description. I love that you distinguished it from, it's not just, you know, forget your exact words, vacation or what it's it's really a reconnection process for yourself. I love thinking it like that. Mm-hmm. So as you say that, what I'm thinking about is what I'm wondering about is what feels the heaviest to you that feels the least that is keeping you from that ease. Mm. Well, there's probably there's probably two layers. I mean, one certainly that's keeping me from ease is just my care and concern of wanting my elderly parents to be okay. And not even just be okay, that they've also, right, like so many of our loved ones who are at risk, had such a huge shift in their life and what they're able to do with Mm -hmm. ease. Mm -hmm. So that's a big part of it. But in my own just personal sphere, it's not so much around being infected or anything like that. It's more around that people I love and care about, and don't even know in some cases, don't have ease, can't go out in public safely, that we can't have more kindness and compassion for each other as human beings. Mm -hmm. That causes me a lot of unease, because sensing all that frustration and, you know, when you're worried about going outside and wearing a mask and it's controversial, that just seems so ridiculous to me, (laughs) but it's a reality. And it's That causes angst. So I think it's the lack of care and compassion that I think so many of us feel isn't there in the broad general way we always counted on or wanted to hope it was there. Right. Clearly is not. That's disturbing to me at my core, I think. I could not agree more. I have had that feeling. It's For me, it's showing up as disappointment Mm. in what I thought our country and our people were about. It's the idea, I know we've talked about this a couple times, that people interpret freedom, which is very important to this country, it's what we're founded on, as license. Their freedom is more important than the greater good. Ah. Of that their right not to wear a mask is somehow more important than not infecting people that could die. People they don't even know. It's that sense of because we're so free and independent that we don't have to give a shit about anyone or anything other than ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's disappointing that when that was tested, that that's how it's evolved. That's so well said. Yeah, I think you said better than what what I was able to find words for. It is that. It's that people have decided their wants trump everybody else's needs. It's just really, mm-hmm. yeah, it's disappointing. It's also super sad. And I've also been really angry about it as well. Yeah. Which, those aren't emotions you and I normally carry with right. us, you know. So, on one hand, I'm thankful for that because it's awakening for us and our privilege. Yep. And I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> As we've said, I do not like being taught. I am being taught a whole bunch of shit. I did not want to be taught. (laughs) But it's very important for me to learn. I mean, I was having this conversation this morning with one of our clients who's a good friend of ours. And I was just describing all this that you and I are talking about right now. It's just just a weariness. Like, it just wears you the hell out. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, again, I think about that because with my privileged life, I don't have a lot of that normally. I have resources to bring to bear. I have white skin I can move around in. I have whatever, mm-hmm. right? I don't. Right. You and I don't normally have to hold this stuff. Would you agree? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And it's exhausting. Right. 
And I look at my black and brown friends and colleagues, and I'm like, how do you do this every day? Like, they're the superheroes and superhumans. Oh, like, yeah. So I try, I'm trying not to have a pity party here. I'm just saying I've just noticed the fatigue of it all. And that's teaching me a lot, too, like about self-care, mm. about care for others. And what I think you've described about how many people are self-absorbed and confuse self-care with self-absorption. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's an interesting way to, to say that. I feel like, though, I, I mean, this is going to sound maybe naive. I understand and have a great, more than I wanted to accept, probably, appreciation for the complexity of all the things that are broken in our country right now. Mm. And yet, I do believe kindness and love are pretty simple. And those two things, more of those two things, could solve a lot of stuff. Yeah. And that's what's frustrating for me is... I get our healthcare system is screwed up right now. I get our political system, like, so I get all that. And just being kind to each other goes a hell of a long way while we work on all that. Mm-hmm. I just don't get why people continue to not choose it. Too many people. Lots of people do. There's lots of great out, good out there, but. Mm-hmm. So, Sherry, besides feeling this fatigue because of all the different things that you're holding, how do you think that moving through this time has caused you to show up differently? How are you showing up differently as a result? I mean, other than the part that I show up nervous. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would like to say I've always been, as best I could, thoughtful or wanted to be and grateful. I definitely think I'm super intentional now. What do you mean? Tell me more. I just don't spend time on things that drain my energy at all. Mm. Like, at all. I don't spend time on Zoom with topics and people that are I should do. I just don't do it. I don't have any capacity to do that right now. So that's really created, I think, an uber focus on intention. I'm super intentional about my self-care right now because without that, I think things go awry quickly. Mm -hmm. And I think I I don't just feel grateful. I think I start and end and touch gratitude all day, every day, because I think it's hard for me in my bubble of privilege where I can have everything delivered to my door, where I can go about my life, except for the connection piece, pretty unscathed, Mm -hmm. that I lose touch with how hard it is in so many places. So I just, that gratitude piece, I really think I try to bring that to the forefront even more. And that helps me build capacity to do more for others Mm -hmm. or to focus on the things that will have meaningful impact. Oh, yeah. So it's probably those two things. I don't waste energy not only for self-care. There are too many other important things to be focused on right now than things that aren't serving me or the other person. Right. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. What would you say? As I was sitting here thinking, I was like, I'd love to answer this question for each other, too. Oh, yeah. Ooh, let's do. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Oh, God. How do I feel like I'm showing up differently? I don't want to completely copy your answer, but I I definitely notice more now when I start to engage in those things that are not energy bringing. I can almost feel it physically because I spent so much time not having to do that, being forced to not do it, to not have a million things on my calendar and, you know, places where I thought I had to be. And so now when I come up against it, I can feel it like, oh, I don't. I don't want to be here nice. in this space. So it's not a maybe I'm I'm trying to be more intentional, but when I'm not, I know I notice it. Interesting. Now. Because you've always been grounding for me. But I I think you are you show up even more grounded in yourself. Mm. Like you could always help ground me. But now it's like, I don't know if maybe we both feel like we're operating at a different speed. Like, isn't that odd to think? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like so much is happening for us this year in a number of ways. And yet, like you and I were saying this weekend, how did it get to be (laughs) (laughs) mid-September? 
So you just feel, the way you show up for me is you're even more grounded in yourself. I now, like that idea. I know how that lands with you, but. I think that, that that's interesting. It's interesting to me because there's an element of learning, and this is more, much more general, like self-sufficiency from being an entrepreneur that I've never had to experience before. Ah, uh-huh. That I'm, it comes back to, well, you know, do or don't. <laughs> you're the only one who's going to be impacted, <laughs> even Sherry. Yeah. So having to move through that as a new entrepreneur and getting grounded in this isn't my control, this is my decision, our decision, It's very, there's no layers to it, there's no hierarchy. So that's interesting that maybe that's overflowing into other areas of my life that I've just really had to place that focus on what's important to me right now because I've had to do it for my yeah. work. So... I mean, and do you feel like you're working? Do you feel like those are separate? No, to that point. I'm, that's yeah. that, that's in layman's terms for people yeah. to understand. Yeah. Like, my life is just my life. I was just really curious. Like, oh, that's yeah. interesting. I haven't heard her. Yeah, no. use that word. And I, I, I totally understand what, why you asked that question because it's because we are so integrated. Like, I kind of feel like I have to translate that sometimes for Makes other sense. people that don't operate in that way. Makes sense. It's even like our relationship, the evolution of that, that as yeah. we become partners now, in addition to being friends, and how that's really much more of a sisterhood, that, why are you laughing? I'm laughing because <laughs> as soon as she said that, all I could think about was, hey, Bob. Hi, <laughs> Sam. Hi, Sam. Morning, Sam. Okay, so this is an inside joke we now have. I don't know if any of you children of the 80s remember <laughs> the Bugs Bunny cartoons where, was it the Roadrunner and the Coyote that, like, they Coyote and Sam the Shepherd Dog. Sam the Shepherd Dog, and they clock in in the morning and be like, hey, Sam. We don't know the other guy's name. No, hey, we Bob. just we made it Bob. Wiley, Wiley, Bob. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then they spend the whole cartoon chasing each other and, like, trying to blow each other up, and then they clock out at the end of the day, and they're like, night, Sam. <laughs> night, night, Bob. Bob. <laughs> That's totally us right now. Because, I mean, because we're so fluid in the day, like, calling to tell each other something funny or, hey, do you have this client stuff? Or, hey, my heart is broken. Right. <laughs> it's like, it is. It's so fluid. It's like, right. I love it. It doesn't matter what day of the week it is, what time no. it is. It's, no. There's just that, it's like a red thread between us that one of us yanks on and then sometimes the other one yanks on it. It's just constantly it's there awesome. and it's just all part of being all the time. But what you said about the entrepreneurial stuff is good. I mean, I it, that makes sense to me. Because I have to kind of, it's been so long since I've been in this space, I sometimes forget that, right? So this is not even your first year yet. Right, right. Exactly. Think about all the things that have happened this past year. <laughs> Again, it feels like dog years. <laughs> Remember how 2019 felt like dog years? Like, I mean, I did like every every month there was some major milestone or transformation. Well, Sort of feels like that again. Uh, I feel like I could. Pu I should publicly apologize. What I said to you the other day about uh, at the end of 2019, I, I officially declared that I would not be challenged in 2020. Yeah. So clearly that worked. Yeah, exactly. So basically, this is all Sherry's fault. Is basically, what she's trying to say. <laughs> yeah. After she Jeez. had decided there would be no more challenges, the world was like, "Hold my beer, Sherry." <laughs> oh my god, so hilarious, so hilarious. But it has been. I mean, we've certainly had some. We've had our own peaks and valleys, right, as we move through this. But it's been so fun. Yeah. Even in spite of the craziness of the world, it has been, it's really been fun. I hope you felt it's been fun. I, I do. I really do. As I, as, as I think about that, I think of how in the beginning of the quarantine and all the unknowns, things were hard. But it also gave us such a great time together and time to regroup on things that we, you know, had been meaning to do and trying to get done in the midst of our busy lives. And it sort of allowed us that space that we needed, which I'm so grateful for. I feel like the more we talk through it, the more we come up with all the gifts that we got. Absolutely. As a result. Absolutely. Limiting belief, right? Mm -hmm. So here's kind of an out-of-the-box question. I was thinking about this driving here this morning, and I don't know why I want to ask you this, but because I was mentioning fun, this makes it hilarious because we've learned so much about each other. Like, we mm. knew each other really well. Yeah. But now there are things. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I don't know where we're going here. <laughs> well, so for example, 
I take these long drives with my parents because I'm the only one in my family that can be safe enough to be around them because of high risk. And I constantly tease Allison that riding around the country with my dad, who's also an extrovert, is like me preparing to grow old with her as her sister because she is uber extroverted like my father. So my question for you is, what if I know you're dying right now because it's so hysterically true. What if we were stranded on a desert island together? Well, there wouldn't be any signs for me to read out loud. <laughs> <laughs> so you would so you would be, have much more ease about that because for anyone who's never, never ridden a car with me, I read signs out loud. She does, and it's so freaking <laughs> annoying. It's <sighs> so annoying. <laughs> what else had happened? So we're on a desert island. Okay. So okay, you would have no signs to read. I feel like I would be talking at you a lot. That's and you would develop a really develop really quickly a skill set of completely being able to tune me out <laughs> like I'm white noise, which would be fine with it me. It would be fine, but I don't think you could ever be white noise. But I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I hope it's a big island. <laughs> so we can spend <laughs> nights apart. <laughs> I mean, like, Sam, I'm going to the other side of the island for a few days. Yes. Don't like. contact me for three sons. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. I was just thinking about that, like, because in some ways, this isolation, you know, we've had our own islands we've had to be on for, like, long periods of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and not seeing you in person has been weird. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I thought of was you, like, what would Allison do? There are no signs for her to read. <laughs> exactly. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I never noticed that about myself. Oh, my God. But... Okay, what would you do? Let's start to turn our... Focus forward, can we? Yes. Since that worked so well for me last year. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. You really set us up for success there, Sherry. Thanks. What do you what do you want to carry forward of all the things we've learned and gone through? Like what do you want to see carried forward? Or that's you, universe in general. Like, what do you hope we carry with us through all these experiences we've had this year? Oh man. There are things for me personally and then things that I think about the world at large. And one of that is, one of those things is that I hope that going forward, we all become more and more educated about how our systems in our country are set up for only a certain very narrow swath of people to succeed. Mm. And I mean that in every layer I mean, in companies, in governments, in finance, I mean, that it's so, which I never realized the depth of it. And I've, you know, have always assigned myself the idea that I'm much more woke than the average human, mm-hmm. which also another limiting belief, another belief shattered right. um, that I was clearly not. But I hope that we all take that away and open up paths to success for everyone, that we don't let go of that. We continue on down that path. And I mean everyone. I mean, it just, it needs to, man, it needs to change all of it. It's so deep-seated. It's going to take so much work. It's, everything's built on a narrow definition of who gets to succeed. Mm -hmm. And it's a little overwhelming to think about. But I'm definitely up for the task. And I look at my daughter and the things that she's trying to accomplish and learn. And I think that the generation below us will even pick up that mantle, pick up the heavier part of that mantle than our generation. Because I think mm-hmm. we're we're probably the most close to it, even more than, than any of the younger generations. I just think they're going to develop much less of a tolerance for it, which God, gives me a lot of hope. Me too. Mm-hmm. You're right. That is big. Yeah. That's my... That's my systems perspective. Okay. For me personally, boy, I don't know. I I still struggle so much with not being able to be out in the world and living in the world. And that even that I'm doing it more than most people. I'm doing it more than you, certainly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've eaten on a restaurant patio a few times. That was <laughs> way before you did. Mm-hmm. That I'd like to keep the comfort that I've developed with being more with just me. Mm. And that's always been a journey for me to be Mm -hmm. able to be alone, to be able to enjoy my own company. And I felt like I'd kind of cracked that open a few years when I was in Italy for the first time that I kind of had gotten to that place 
where I was so sure that if I spent the rest of my life alone, I would be totally fine with it and I would enjoy it. But maybe I hadn't plumbed that as deeply as I as I could have, because obviously I came back to this life that kept me preoccupied. When some more of that was stripped away, I had to get, to your point, really grounded in myself and being comfortable with myself again. That's really profound. I wanted to say, I was about to say, you saying I want to really be able to be with me more. I was about to say, this is why we're good for each other, Allison, because I need to figure out how I want to be with people more. And I was like, yeah, no, I don't want that. <laughs> also very clear. Also very clear. Um, You're like, no, no, I actually don't. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> I love that, though, because this, I mean, I really have to say it's been such— um, I've been grateful to kind of watch you move through this because we are so different, right? And your movement through that of not being able to be with your people <laughs> in the ways you're that really refuel mm-hmm. you. I mm-hmm. mean, that's like not being able to get to a gas station and you need gas. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, how do you resource yourself differently? It's been really interesting to watch that because I think, one, you've done it beautifully. Like you said, you've found other ways to keep that going, that haven't occurred to you, but it's also hard. Yeah. It's hard. I would definitely not have chosen it. Right. Yeah. How about you? What do I want to take forward? Yes. I, I agree with your system stuff. I think we should come back to that because I know that's been a profound learning path for us. For sure. Um, I think I want to continue to hold on to, I want to continue to hold on how I feel today, which is someone asked, one of my nieces asked me how it felt to be now firmly in your 50s and, you know, you're, you know, at 50, you're kind of closer to the end of your life. I'm going to be 110, so I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> of course. But I get their, I get their point. <laughs> I can intellectually understand it. <laughs> and I really want to continue to stay grounded in this feeling of feeling like I'm, I feel like each year I get older and I get closer to life's liberation, not death. Like that I feel... Accepting all the heaviness and things we talked about. If I kind of try to put that in the box for a minute, I feel more free than I ever have in my life. I feel like I've created the life I've always wanted. Do I have more to do? Of course. Do I have more meaning to have? Of course. But just as a general feeling of liberation, I totally feel that. I don't feel a lot of shoulds. I don't feel a lot of pressure to do anything I'm not really energized or compassionate or committed to, you know? Mm. I love that. I want to not lose that when the temptation comes back to go do all these things and the speed of doing starts to come back on all our plates. I hope I can hold on to my, no, no, I'm good. I know where I'm headed. I know what's important. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's what I hope I can hold on to. Yeah. What you just said was impactful to me because that is, to what you mentioned earlier, how I experience you and how that knowing that you have grounds me when I'm feeling scattered or unsure that that's why I know that I need to pick up the phone and talk to you because you have that strong sense of knowing that's my experience of you. Mm. Thank you. And did you notice I accepted that? I didn't try to discount it? Yes. <gasps> yes. Look at you. I know. I'm growing up before your very eyes. <laughs> and the reason I accept it is because I've worked so hard at it. Mm-hmm. I've worked so hard to get to know my own voice that it's about time I feel okay listening to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. That's a cool, cool thing to have reflected back. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. If fear wasn't a factor for you, what things would you be doing that you're not doing right now? Oh, God. This is actually going to cause me to think a lot. You know, I think it's odd that the things that are coming up are much more about work. So clearly I'm holding some fear around that. Like, I I feel like I'm much more fearless in my person. Weird. (laughs) That's so weird, isn't it? It's so strange. (laughs) I feel like I'm holding much more fear about my bloom-based part of my life than my personal part of my life. Why is that? I'm so much more fearless. I mean, I drive around on a motorcycle, for God's sake. What the hell? (laughs) That takes some level of fearlessness. 
I don't know, I would maybe connect with more more people that can have impact, more leaders that if they were working with us or partners with us that we could be having bigger impact. I would be having that different kind of conversation and not playing small in some ways. Why do you think that is? Oh, that's a great question. The first thing that comes to mind is fear, but I'm trying to figure out fear of what, like what what am I worried about? What am I fearful of happening? And I don't even know if I can answer that. I think it's, there's a lot of, Something I have realized over this almost year of being an entrepreneur is there's a lot of programming about what's possible from the corporate world that I am trying to undo. I am seeing that constantly of what's my place, what's possible, what can I get done with this person versus this person, you know, what do I need to get done versus what do I want to get done? Like, it's just layer after layer of how that system has trained me, like, unknowingly what I was believing about what I could do, what I was capable of, who I could reach, who I could be talking to, what I could impact was so narrow. It's kind of shocking as I think about it. It makes it makes so much sense to hear you say it this way. Like, well, and then you factor in this unlearning you're doing with the fact that you actually have humility and meaning you mentioned entrepreneurial stuff, like maybe I don't know everything here. I need to figure this out for, you know, just the learner in you and the making sure and the being respectful of. So you have that part of it. And then I think the other part of it is, is, which I think a lot of people have when I see them transition into their own space where they get to take away all those limiting beliefs and things they have to learn is they forget it can actually be as simple as it seems. Mm. Like sometimes I think it's so simple what's in front of me that you almost go, can it be that simple? It's not easy, but can it be that simple? simple? I must be missing something. Because all the organizational systems we work in are complex and full of noise and full of inefficiency, full of great intention. Mm-hmm. But that gets confusing when you get you step out of that and you look at it and you go, oh, it could be that. But that's the power of what we get to help people do, which is why I'm so excited mm-hmm. about what we get to do. And how that's transferring even into your coaching spaces and things like that. You know, it's important we don't forget right. what, what that feels like, but it all makes sense to me. That's such a great point. I mean, we're never done. Isn't that just the awesome part? It is, but it's exhausting. <laughs> it's the best and the worst part of life. It that is. We're always going to be learning. It is. And it's always our work to do. Turning that back on you, what would you be doing differently? What would you do differently if fear were not? A factor if you weren't afraid? I'd be just be doing more. Mm. I'd be bolder. I'd be expressing more. I'd be pushing the limits more of our own understanding. Like I'd just be doing more of what we're what I think I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'd amplify it maybe. Which you help me you help me do. You help me step in that space. But that, you know, we've talked about this, that fear of I love learning, but I don't I don't want to be the person people learn from, (laughs) which is weird. It is weird. I know. I think it's because I don't want to be put on a pedestal, which that doesn't have to happen for someone to learn, but it's that's how it feels, like the spotlight or or whatever. So if I didn't if I didn't have fear of that, right, I would put that to the side and I would just, you know, do me, so to speak. That's interesting to me because I wonder if people listening would say, well, because you tend to put people on a pedestal. Totally. So your assumption is that other people would, if you were being the teacher, exactly. quote unquote. That's exactly right. That they would treat you in that way, which would make you uncomfortable. But there might be people that think that would never occur to me. Right. It's interesting. <sighs> Doesn't make sense, but that's what I would do. But I do see it. I mean, I see myself do it I to mm-hmm. others. Mm-hmm. And I know that's where it comes from, but that's what I would do differently. Mm-hmm. So, you mentioned systems. We've both mentioned all this heaviness, lack of kindness, inequality, all that stuff. So, let's talk about race for a minute. Okay. So, you and I, I know we've had some intense, extensive, what's the big adjective, right? We've we've really delved into this, our own awakening around 
racial injustice and this systemic racism. And Mm -hmm. what has been your biggest awakening of this? And not that you need to say one thing. I just mean, you said, hey, I I really thought of myself as being woke. (laughs) Like, how are you really woke now? You know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. And I think that how I would have described myself before was that I was very aware of the of the injustices that existed, of the contrast between my experience and people with black or brown skin's experience, that I knew that that was out there. What I didn't know was how incredibly deep it is, how incredibly stressful it is for that it's constant, that people that are experiencing, especially racial discrimination, how constant and deep and daily it is and how how many levels it exists on for mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. that I was absolutely not thinking. And that I really actually believe that I can do something about it and do something different as well. Love that. Like, before, I didn't really think that I had a role in shifting that, that whether it was because I didn't have power, because I didn't understand it fully, because I didn't know how to get answers I wanted. There were probably a million reasons why I had been telling myself that story in my head, that this wasn't my battle to fight. Mm -hmm. But it absolutely is. And it actually feels energizing to think about it, too. Like, I feel like... To a lesser degree than you, but just in maybe different spaces, like I'm like a dog with a bone Mm. now. And I carry a lot of guilt and shame that I've come this late to that party Mm -hmm. for many reasons, most of which involve my immediate family. Uh But I'm glad I'm here and I'm absolutely willing to be a foot soldier for the people that have been leading in this space forever. Man, that is all so well said. Thanks. So well said. I mean, that is my absolute truth in my heart. I believe that with every fiber of my being. Yeah. Yeah, it's shocking, isn't it? I I mean, I really don't have anything to add to what you just said. I think you summarized it beautifully. It's shocking to me how naive and passive I was, Mm -hmm. which, to your point, that was all the shame, right? With all the awareness and acceptance came this deep, deep shame, then fury, Mm -hmm. and now hope. Right. Mm. Not just hope, but like, like you said, like a fierce determination and commitment that, oh, no, this is going to change. Yeah. You know, like, and to your point, I didn't, I really wasn't aware of all of it. I I was so passive. I didn't even have accountability to it, like you're saying. Mm -hmm. And now I do. And I love the description of foot soldier. Like people know we have lots of leaders. Yes. That aren't in white skin that know exactly what needs to happen. For those of us who need to do the work. Correct. And I do find that super energizing and hopeful because that's the thing is, how dare you share a fellow think you have the answers? The answers are there. Go do your freaking job. Mm-hmm. Go do your work. Yeah, go you know do your I mean? work. So I love how you said that. It's energizing. I agree. Because it was not at first. I felt like you and I both are in this deep swamp together rolling around mm-hmm. in sadness and anger and yeah, despair. Yeah. What a shift, huh? Right. And thank God we have a lot of energy because there's so much work. Oh, my God. There is. And while it sometimes seems intimidating, it also feels so necessary. It's like the idea that you can't unsee it now. Yes. Like, there is just no going back. You cannot unsee it. That's how I feel. And I think about it every day. And Totally. What I need to be doing better. Totally. And, you know, it it was so— like, I don't know what the turning point was. Certainly, we know George Floyd and and all these literal, you know, daytime murders on yeah. national television. But for me, I was thinking about what really caused all the shame to pour in. Is I've, you've heard me say this before. Hey, the only silencer of me is me. Like, that's my deep-rooted accountability. Yes. And that is not true for women of color. Mm-mm. And men, too. But certainly women of color, like, to hear their stories and go, no, I actually am silenced by the system. That just gutted me. Like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. That's not true. That's not true for them, Sherry Fella. Like, you have that choice. Right. That's our privilege. 
Here's a question for you, Sherry. What's inspiring you right now? <sighs> you know, it's interesting. So many, so many groups I've been with lately have started with people bringing objects of inspiration. And now mm. you're asking me this question. I think we're all desperate for it. Yeah. I actually, I, there's a ton of inspiration. Um, my, I have a new great niece. So I have four great nieces right now. They yes. inspire the hell out of me because they are reminding me how important things like play are. And I mean, even acceptance with little Ruby and her back fat, her little baby rolls. I'm like, why can't I love my back fat? Right. <laughs> like that, like... I love those little bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, Super inspiring. And to think, it makes me, to our point about our discussion with race, it makes me want to make a better world for them and arm them with the things they need to be a part of that in their Mm. white skin. I'm inspired by you. I'm inspired by the work we do. Mm, I'm super inspired by that. And I'm inspired by all the beacons of light out there that are in the darkness. All the leaders were trying to be foot soldiers, too. I've had the great honor of meeting with so many executive women leaders of color this past month. And Mm. I think they've given me confidence that we're going to be okay, you know, because they're inspiring me. Possibility inspires me to no end. So I feel a lot of possibility. What comes to mind for you? Really, to your point, all of the women leaders of color that I'm now discovering through my own learning, Mm -hmm. whether it's reading, filmmaking, social media, and getting these really different perspectives and the learning that's happening, like, it feels like every day. And in the beginning, it sort of felt, I felt like I was, you know, the bottom of a huge mountain. Like, how am I ever going to get up this? But The more that I learn and the more that I start to unpack in myself, the more inspired I get Mm. by those women, by those leaders, and that we're we're all going to be okay. We're going to figure it out. Yes, we have to, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say, too, when you were talking about your great nieces, right now, my daughter is inspiring me. Because every time someone asks me, how's your daughter been handling all this? How she She's moved through this like a champ. And I've been very grateful that I've had this time with her. I don't know if she'd say the same about me, but I sort of think she would. Yeah. I think she might. And watching her handle this, probably what's her first great crisis as a child that she's experiencing in the world, you know, not a war, not a— Space shuttle exploding, you know, name what things we've been through, you know, 9-11, that's not in her her purview, that's history. But for her to see her in this and to see her move through it, like, how are we going to get out of this? How are we going to make the best of what's going on? And how are we going to not do this again? Like, as at almost 16, it's startling to me. Mm. And that she's also been doubling down on herself that— She continues to do her learning. She hasn't flaked off with that, that she continues to keep her relationships alive, and that she's adding things to her plate, like the women's leadership through Girls, Inc., and learning to be an activist. I mean, I'm just—I'm kind of blown away by it. That's so awesome. I'm kind of blown away by it. I love that your heart went to her, because where my head was going was to my parents. Isn't it interesting, Mm. like your offspring? Yeah, I'd agree. It's so—we're lucky, right? We get this perspective between those two generations. Yeah. The generations, I think, more than our Gen X generation that are really having huge impacts. Like, I think of the Anya's age and high school or college kids. I can't—I mean, I feel horrible for all of them, how Mm -hmm. different they're having to navigate it than you and I did. Same with my parents in the retirement age and all of them and their friends being in these high-risk categories and not being able to enjoy their years, mm-hmm. their golden years. Yeah. Like, it's just crap. But how they handle it and how they move through it and how positive, certainly there are occasional exceptions, they're human. But by and large, it's been amazing to me how they've navigated this mm-hmm. with each other. and Well, to be clear, for anyone who doesn't know— the elder fellas went out to buy a ramshackle <laughs> used golf cart that they could use to move around the land they live mm-hmm. on. 
And they came home with a Mustang convertible. <laughs> I mean, come on. Isn't that fantastic? I feel like that is the power move <laughs> of the pandemic. It is. Hands down. And I and so I'm like, I hope I'm in my late 70s, and that's the kind of moves I'm making. Right. I think it's so incredible. That was a power move. It was. And it makes everyone that I've told, like you, doesn't it make you smile just thinking about it? It's like, yes! <laughs> it's exactly, exactly what we should all be doing. Believe. So, yeah, I get inspired by your daughter, by my parent. Like, I try to find those. Those are those beacons of light, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Try to really get refueled from. Exactly. Okay, so let's ask one last question. And my question is going to be, if you could take a magic wand and paint the future right now, what would that look like? (sighs) How far ahead? What What comes to mind? Let's let's be in Italy next year. Oh, for sure. I feel like a year's a stretch right now since we can't even count on, you know, Monday to Friday. <laughs> I think a year's okay. Okay. I think a year's so next okay. year at this time, in 372 days to be exact, because <laughs> exact. I have a countdown, and we're sitting at our Tuscan villa. Mm-hmm. Why do I want that to look like? I want a—here's what I want us to be talking about. Mm-hmm. More about the impact we're having and meaning, of course, and all that stuff. But how have we seen these systems shift, particularly in the organizations we get to work with and have mm-hmm. impact on? Mm-hmm. You and I are both big fans of business. Like, I really feel like if the business world can make a difference, the whole world then shifts, right? For sure. They're going to lead it. They're going to lead us out of it. They are. And also, how have all these generations, from your daughter to my parents, how have we all learned to take the good from this? How has all this breaking open finally united us? Because I think that is what gives me hope, is that someday we're going to look back on this and all this awful underbelly that has been released in our country, we're all going to look at that and go, oh, that's why that had to happen. Oh, yeah. Now, maybe that won't be in a year, but hopefully (laughs) we're seeing signs of that already, where that underbelly Mm -hmm. is like, oh, there you are. Yes, we must do something about you. You know, There's that spider scuttling across the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And I just, I just, and for you and I, I just hope we're, I know we will be, total confidence that we're just still like, hey, Bob. (laughs) Hey, Sam. Sam. (laughs) And that we're continuing to just have this integrated life together where we're sisters one second, confidants the next, colleagues the next, Mm -hmm. cheerleaders, priests. (laughs) Priests, true. All these roles we play for each other throughout the day. I can't wait to see where that takes us. You're one of my greatest teachers right now. I'm grateful for that. Thank you. Thank you. I feel the same way, for sure. I absolutely feel the same way. So what are you going to do with your magic wand? Is yours a year out as well? God. Yeah, I mean, if that's a great time frame for me to think about because that's definitely, I will be travel. I will have traveled again, and I will be visiting my my country that is my heart and soul. Uh, clearly, I was not born my, in my past lives. I was not born in the U.S. Um, yeah, and I imagine myself sipping a beautiful wine overlooking the Tuscan countryside and saying, wow, yet another year that feels like dog years, but look at everything we accomplished. Yes. That, to your point, we've seen, you know, a lot of the people that we know in these companies start working on changing systems from the inside out and that we've gotten access to even more um, companies that we're working with that want to have an impact and want to be doing things differently for the long run and changing what their model of business is, that it's not just profit over everything. There's a different way of thinking about it. I imagine myself being driven around by my daughter who has her driver's license then. Nice. Yeah. And... Being able to be moving in the world in a way that is meaningful to me and having connectivity that's meaningful to me with people in person. I'm extremely hopeful for that. I'm extremely hopeful that we can accelerate getting our shit together Mm -hmm. from this point and that we're starting to shift into a space of how can we, as as a country or as a world, as a society, how can we love each other more and bring everyone along with us where we're going and the success we're having. Sounds really obtuse, but that, that's not what really. I think of as, as visionary, not just like, I want to, 
I want to have, you know, this many clients. I don't want to, I don't think about it in those terms. It's interesting the way you said that, because when you talked about the connection and you being in your spirit city of, or spirit country of Mm -hmm. Italy, I think that's why, I'm just not connecting to this, I felt so infused by this new experience with the supervision stuff I get to do. Mm -hmm. And even though we're not together like we planned to be in the UK, we're on this screen from literally all over the world. And having all that light and energy, all that hope, Mm -hmm. I, I just felt invigorated by that. I mean, I'm scared to death about the learning experience because it's going to stretch me beyond. (laughs) But I want that. But that hope that all these incredible human beings throughout the world are sitting in that same space you and I are is like, oh, we've got this. You know Mm. what I mean? We can totally do this. So I get what you're saying about that. It's really inspiring. Yeah. I just want that shift to happen. Maybe circa November 3rd, that everyone starts operating from a space of hope and possibility. And we start to feel that more so than ever. I feel like when we're on our Vespas driving through Tuscany, yes, we're going to be able to laugh about all this Mm -hmm. a little bit more. A little bit more. I like that vision. Yeah, it's going to be great. So, welcome back to Power 2, huh? Yeah. We're back. Yeah. We hope some of the questions we've explored today, that you you take the opportunity to explore them with yourself, your friends, people around you. I feel like the more conversation we have, the more power we have to change the world around us. And we look forward to joining us on the next Power 2 podcast. <laughs>